So today we're talking about uh, why creating a new speaking identity is the only way to truly move beyond stuttering. Why creating a new speaking identity? So let me just write that down because that's that's what we're going to be focusing on here. Your speaking identity. And I want to kind of define that for us and why and what I mean by creating a new speaking identity and why this is very important. This is one of those webinars that everyone on my list should be signed up for. And as many of, of you as, as possible, those of you who are watching this, maybe watching the recording of this, you would want to be here today. Minimally, you want to watch this because what most people want to do, unfortunately, is they want to put a Band-Aid on something that actually needs surgery. So, and a part of it is human nature is that we want to solve the problem. That's, that's what we generally want to do. And that it's going to require more time, more work, and that the pain becomes so much and so high that, that we know that there's no other way to do it than we do the surgery. Otherwise, we'll wait and we'll just keep putting Band-Aids on it. So one of the things that people do in general is they'll look for tips and tricks. And those are all important and they can be very helpful, especially techniques. Um, we focus on skills, techniques, strategies, sometimes tips, right? All those things are very, very helpful. But if you really want to move beyond stuttering, it's going to require that you do some surgery, right? Which is going to take you more time and it's going to require that you put in a bit more work than what you might want. Okay. So let's talk about what we mean by surgery and how that's related to uh, transforming your speaking identity. When we talk about surgery, we're talking about something that's going to require you to go deeper, to go on the inside. When you talk about putting on a Band-Aid, you're just talking about covering it up. So think of a, a technique, a tip, uh, sometimes even a strategy, but a technique, a tip or a trick as a Band-Aid. You're just covering it up. It's temporary. It's surface level. Speaking identity is when we're going inside, right, and we're performing an operation that takes care of the surface level problem, but also something at a much deeper level, which is your identity, your identity. So what do we mean when we say identity? Well, we're talking about the way that you see yourself, who you believe yourself to be. So techniques and tips and those kinds of things can help you in certain situations, but they don't always work, as you know. So Sometimes, usually in low pressure situations, but in a higher pressure situation, that same technique may not work. Or it may work with, but not with that person. Or it may work for one or two weeks or three weeks, and then it may stop working, right? So there's these ups, and it doesn't work there. So then <clears throat> you're constantly looking for new techniques to help you get through the next day, the next meeting, the next 
conversation and you're constantly feeling like you're still struggling with this problem of stuttering or stammering. But what if there was a way where you could transform your speaking identity so that you didn't have this constant sense of struggle? You weren't constantly in it's negatively anticipated world constantly every time you had a disfluency. And just remember, we all have disfluencies. Everyone, people who stammer stutter or don't stammer stutter, they have disfluencies. They deal with them differently. They don't even half the time, they don't even know that they're having them. Okay. A person who stammers or stutters knows it. They focus on it. Uh, they worry about it, they anticipate it, they often trigger it. Okay. It's a whole different level. So imagine where when you had disfluencies, uh, number one, they were much, much less, much, much less. In fact, within the realm of normalcy, let's just say 5% or less, 2 or 3%. When you had them, you didn't really worry about it. It didn't really bother you. It was just like a bump in the road. And so you didn't think about it. You didn't anticipate it. You didn't think about the fact that it happened. You didn't feel embarrassed about it. It just happened. No problem. Imagine that. Imagine, in fact, I have a client right now who says that, uh, in fact, I'll give you a very, very specific example. Uh, when we first started about a year ago, she booked a trip to go visit her family. And she was worried because she hadn't seen her family. And every time she was around them, she found that she struggled with her speech. So she was worried about it. And when she got there, everything was okay for a little while. And then all of a sudden she started to really struggle with her family. This was because of her speaking identity. You and I have an identity with different people. And that identity is not necessarily the same. So I have an identity with my wife. I have an identity with my friends. I have an identity with my family, right? That identity is a little different. Okay, so she has had, so when she went to visit them the first time, even though her speech had dramatically improved here, right, where she lived here, but when she went back there, her brain says, oh, here's my family. How do I usually respond and react and speak with them? Oh, well, you, you stutter, you stammer, you get stuck. So she did. And then she got worried about that. So fast forward a year later. Uh, now she's going back to visit her family. Here's what she said to me. She just said this to me a couple of days ago. She said, when I was booking the trip, I never even thought about my speech. Whereas before she was worried about her speech. And this is a shift in her identity. Now she booked the trip. She didn't even think about her speech. It wasn't an issue at all. Um, she says, in fact, as I go through my days, I don't even think about my speech anymore. I just have regular thoughts, right? Don't think about my speech anymore. Isn't that where you want to be, where you're not thinking about your speech? You're saying what you want, when you want, the way you want. You're still having disfluencies because everyone has them. So perfection is not the goal, right? You're going to have some disfluencies, but they don't bother you. Half the time, you don't even notice them. Isn't that where we want to be, right? So. Let's talk about then uh, why transforming your speaking identity is the best way to completely move past stuttering. The reason why it's the best way is because 
when you transform your speaking identity, you put yourself in a place where number one, number one, when you do have a disfluency, you recover, recover faster. Okay. You recover faster. So this is just the reality. As we said, everyone has this fluency. The difference is when your identity has been transformed and you see yourself as an excellent speaker, as a great speaker, as someone that speaks easily and smoothly and effortlessly, then when you do have a disfluency, which you will, you're going to recover much faster. Again, think of it like a bump in the road. You're driving over a bump. You don't even think of it. It's, it's a bump, right? You recover faster. That's very, very important. A second reason is when you transform your speaking identity, your future opens up for you, right? Because initially you felt and thought and believed that you were limited. Your speech was a liability for you. And so you said, well, I can't take on this position because it requires uh, a lot more speaking and I'm going to struggle with that. Or you avoid certain situations, taking on or taking advantage of opportunities because of your speech. You avoid certain things or you just struggle through certain things, right? So you may not even be given the opportunities or the positions that you deserve because of your speech, right? When you transform your speaking identity and obviously your speech as well, right? Then what happens is now your possibilities open up. So you have greater hope, right? You have greater hope and you have more opportunities. Okay, just abbreviate that. So now you have greater hope for the future and you can see more opportunities. Wow, I can do this, I can do that, I can do this. I remember when I felt this transformation, it was a shift and I remember it as clear as day. It felt like a big, wet, heavy blanket, big, wet, heavy black blanket was lifted off of me. And I remember saying to myself, wow, now I can do anything. Now I can do anything I want. My speech is not going to Now my speech wasn't perfect then, but it was pretty good. But I said, now my speech is not going to limit me. In fact, my speech is going to be an asset that helps me to get to where I want to go, right? Isn't that where you want to be, where your speech is an asset and you can say, wow, now I can do whatever I want to do. I don't have to be worrying about answering the phone, ordering food, introducing myself, giving a presentation, whatever it is. I don't have to worry about conversations, sitting around with a group of friends or family. I don't have to worry about, can I jump in and share my opinion? So, you're going to uh, see more opportunities. Okay. So these are a couple of reasons why you want to transform your speaking identity using or just relying upon techniques and tips and strategies and so forth isn't going to get you here because again, depending on the situation that you're in, if you're in a higher pressure situation, and you're trying to rely on a technique that maybe you use sometimes and other times you don't, but you probably are only going to use that technique when you feel like you need it, right? Big mistake. So 
now you're in a high pressure situation. You need to use this technique, but your, your identity, which is your self-concept, it's going to say, oh no, when you're in this situation, when you're in this meeting and you are trying to give your report or you're trying to lead this meeting or you need to say these words, you're going to stammer. You're going to block. You're going to start, right? That's your identity. It's your self-concept. It's your belief, which is ingrained, right? It's embedded. It's a part of who you are right now, but you can transform that. You can change that. Okay. You can change that. Um, and it doesn't take as long as you think. All right. So you want to transform your speaking identity so that when you're in those same situations, you don't have to rely upon a technique because your belief, your memory, your self-concept says, I can handle this. Now that doesn't mean that you stuck that you won't be in that situation and get stuck. But the way you handle that disfluency will be completely different than the way you would have handled it prior to your speaking identity transformation. Let me say that again. You're in and you're, you're talking about something, whatever it is, training, a meeting, introduction, it could be anything. And you're speaking well and then you get stuck. Okay, This can happen to anyone. You have just a little disfluency. The way you handle that when your speaking identity has been transformed will be completely different than the way you would have handled it. Okay. You will handle it by being relaxed, by finding a way around that, by finding a way through it, just like water. Think of your speech like water, right? When people, when people who don't start our speech, they just, they're, they react or respond. They throw in a little ah here, ah there. They stop. They go back. They repeat. They do whatever they need to do to get that out smooth. They don't push it out and struggle and get embarrassed because that's not who they are, right? So when you get stuck, same way when I get stuck, just handle it just like water and keep moving. doesn't bother me. So you'll handle it differently and you'll make it through smoothly and you'll keep on speaking well, all right? So it's very important to understand at least a couple of reasons why you want to do this. So if you really want to move beyond stammering and stuttering, you're going to need to transcend uh, techniques and tr even treatment, right? Instead of treating it, you want to transcend it, go above and beyond it, right? You want to transform your identity. You don't just want to uh, treat your speech and use technique, technique your speech. You want to transform your speech and your identity, your mindset. Remember, we talked about the stuttering mindset. You want to transform that and develop the confident speaker's mindset. So let's talk about uh, why it's more beneficial. I'm going to give you some very, very specific steps to take in just a few minutes. But why is it more beneficial to focus on becoming an excellent speaker rather than just overcoming stuttering? Why is it more important to focus on becoming an excellent speaker rather than just overcoming stuttering? And so... I'm going to give you some very, very specific steps in just a few moments on the how, like how do you transform your speaking identity? But let's talk about why it's more important to shift your focus. I had a client ask me this just the other day. Uh, what's the difference between just kind of overcoming stuttering, treating, stopping stuttering, and becoming an excellent speaker? So let's put this word up here. Becoming... An excellent speaker is transformative. We'll call that 
the word is transformative, right? Becoming an excellent speaker is transformative. Whereas, let's just call this, I think this is, yeah, it's red. Let's use black here. Okay, uh, overcoming, overcoming stuttering or stammerings is non-transformative, right? It's non-transformative. It's non-transformative. So when you think about becoming an excellent speaker, that's a transformation. That's taking you up to a whole nother level. Overcoming stammering is great. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying it's bad at all, but it's not necessarily transformative. Why is that important? Well, the process that's going to be required to even overcome stuttering, if you want to transform your speaking identity, it's going to require that you change the way you think about yourself, that you change the way you think about yourself as a speaker. Otherwise, you're just going to be managing your speech, managing stuttering. Now, if that's all you want is to be able to manage your way through life, that's okay. I always give this example. Two people come in for a job interview or sales, whatever it is, you're selling a product, job interview, and one person doesn't stutter. They, 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 they're able to manage their stuttering, manage so they can get through it. The other person is an excellent speaker. Both used to stutter. One's now managing. The other one is an excellent speaker. I have plenty of people. I'm talking, I don't know how many, but many, many people who've become excellent speakers. Who do you think, all things being equal, who's going to get the job? Who's going to get the sale? Right? All other things being equal, it's the person who's more persuasive, who's more impactful, who's more pleasant to listen to. Not the person who's just okay. No one says, oh, wow, he didn't even stutter. That was excellent. That was amazing. So, oh, wow, this person, wow, I said they explained it clearly. I understood it. I enjoyed talking to that person. This person's going to get the job. They're going to get the opportunity. The same process, the same, the skills that are required to overcome stuttering are the same ones that are required to become an excellent speaker. It's just the motivation is different, right? If you're shooting for the stars, maybe you'll hit the moon, right? But if you're just shooting to get up about 10 or 15 feet, you're probably going to end up staying on the ground. Right? Does that make sense? So if you're shooting way up there, you're going to reach this level here. If you're just shooting to be down here and be mediocre and just, just overcome stuttering, it's probably going to not be a, enough drive to get you to build the momentum that you need to transform your speaking identity. It's going to require a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of consistency. And we'll get into that in just a moment. So this is very, very important that you set your goals. You set your goal to become an excellent speaker rather than just overcoming stuttering. So here's the thing. If you're speaking well, if you're speaking smoothly, clearly, and confidently, 95, 96, 97% of the time, it means you cannot be stuttering, stammering, blocking uh, 20%, 10, even 10%, 50%, 40%, 60%. You can't, right? They, they're mutually exclusive. You can't be doing both. You can't be doing this 
20% stammering, stuttering, and, and be an excellent speaker, smooth, clear, confident, 95, 96, 97, 98. The numbers don't add up. So here's what's important. We don't need to worry about or think about stuttering or stammering. We, just, we don't even need to worry about it. All we need to worry about is how can we help you speak smoother and clearer and more confidently? And as we increase this, the stuttering and stammering takes care of itself. So when you shoot for excellence, not perfection, but excellence, the stuttering takes care of itself. When you focus on overcoming and treating and stopping stuttering, then you're going to actually get more of that or you're not going to get as much of what you want, which is fluency and smoothness. You're not going to get as much because you're simply not focused on it, right? You're focused more on stopping something. So let's look at some very, very specific steps for how to transform your speaking identity. Now, many of you have heard me talk about these in various ways before. I'm going to encourage you to watch or listen to this video over and over because herein lies the secrets. Herein lies the secrets. Some of you who are here who are watching this, don't overthink this. Don't overthink it. This is very much like learning a new language. I mean, it's a lot like learning a new language. And there are some requirements, like a baby, like a child, there's some requirements. When a baby's learning something, learning to walk, learning to talk, they're going to stammer, they're going to stutter, they're going to fall, but they keep doing it. It's hard, it's difficult, but they keep doing it hour after hour, day after day, until they get it, right? They don't get it, quit, okay? So let's talk about, I'm going to give you five steps, if you will, five that you can use here, okay? You can call them steps uh, if you want. Five steps that you can use here. And this first one is you want to set encouraging, encouraging expectations. This is the key word here, expectations. Now, I won't necessarily write out all of these steps because some of them are a little longer, but I'll I'll try to write out the shorter ones or abbreviate. You want to set encouraging expectations. So what do we mean by encouraging expectations? Well, encouraging as opposed to discouraging. Encouraging as opposed to discouraging. So let's talk about what a discouraging expectation is. So some people set expectations as they're on this journey, right, to fluency, to smooth speech. They say, I want to get rid of this. I want to put this behind me. Yes, we do want to get what we do want to put. But when you think of it in that way, I want perfect speech. I don't want to stutter anymore. I want to eliminate this, right? I don't want to experience any more blocks or this fluency. And I want to do this in 90 days. I want to do this in two weeks. I want to do this in three days. I want to do this in whatever the amount of time is, right? So they set these expectations. And guess what? When those expectations discouraged. They start becoming discouraged and they stop trusting the process, whatever process or program you might be in. And then they start looking for other band-aids techniques to get them through the moment. Okay, well, this technique didn't work. So let me try this. One. Let me try that one. Well, let me go out and see if there's some other program, some other tips or tricks that can help me. 
And now you've just dispersed your energy, you wasted your time. You never got the traction. You're not making a transformation. You're just putting band-aids on it. All right. So you're setting unrealistic expectations, setting discouraging expectations that, okay, this needs to be done in three months. This needs to be done in three days. Well, your brain simply doesn't change like that. If you want to go out and you want to learn a new language, you can get to differing levels of fluency within a few weeks, right? Three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. You can get to differing levels, but you're not going to be 100% fluent in a few months. You might be very fluent, right? This, especially if you go and immerse yourself in that culture, in that language, you can become very fluent. Absolutely, because I've done it, right? But you're not going to be 100% fluent. You're not going to be as fluent as you will be in six months, in a year, or as fluent as someone who's been doing it for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, right? So it's different levels. It just takes time for you to acquire those linguistic abilities, right? The accent and pronouncing this word and overcoming the fears and doubts that you it just takes time and it takes work. So I'm going to be repeating this thing here. If it's easy, it's probably not working. If it's easy, it's probably not working, right? You're probably not doing much if it's easy for you. So you need to set encouraging expectations. So what are encouraging expectations? Encouraging expectation is that you're looking for incremental improvements, right? You're looking for uh, progression, not perfection. Progression, not perfection. So you're looking for improvements. So that's encouraging. If you say, okay, I want to speak just a little smoother. Let me give you a very concrete example. You have a 10-minute conversation. You're doing the work that you need to do. You're doing your daily routine. And you say, I have a 10-minute conversation. And usually I struggle throughout the entire conversation. But now because I'm doing the work, if I can just speak better, just one or two minutes, right? So now I've eight minutes of struggling, but two minutes of speaking smoother. What will most people do? Most people won't think like that. Most people will say, well, I struggled for eight minutes. I only, I only spoke smoothly for eight minutes. No, what we want to do is say, previously I struggled for 10 minutes. This time I only struggled for eight, which means... I spoke smoother for two minutes, which is an improvement. It's an increase over what I usually do. Right? So you focus on that increase as small as it is to help you build hope and build momentum. Because guess what? If you keep doing what you're doing, the two minutes is going to go to three minutes, four minutes, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then 10 minutes. Now, even though you might speak smoothly for 10 minutes, it doesn't mean you won't have any disfluencies. It's just right. So you want to set encouraging expectations. I want to look for small incremental gains over time. I'm not going to get rid of this in three days or even three months. But if I immerse myself in three months and three weeks and three months, I'm going to be a lot further off, a lot further ahead than where I am now. And in six months, I'm going to be even further ahead and in a year, even further ahead. Right. So you want to set encouraging expectations, not discouraging ones. Let's look at the second one here. Second one is very, very similar, but it's set 
transformative, and we talked about this, transformative goals. So what do we mean by transformative goals? We mean you want to set the goal of becoming more exciting and motivating than I want to just, that's not motivating. It might be motivating. But trust me, I've been doing this for a long time. Lots of people setting your goal to become an excellent speaker, which is entirely possible. There people, even people who've not even been through my program, just other programs, other approaches who are politicians, leaders, actors, excellent speakers, and who used to stutter and still do struggle from time to time. They'll tell you they're excellent speakers now. Uh, so you want to set a transformative goal going to motivate you and drive you so much more than a goal that's not transformative. So, okay, it's, that's more of a treatment goal. I just want to be able to manage this to get through the day. Transformative goal says, wow, I want to become an excellent speaker, an amazing speaker. You can do it. You can do it. This is going to drive you far more than that other goal. So set transformative goals, and I've given you one. I want to become an excellent speaker. When I say speaking, I'm not just talking about presentations. We're talking about conversations as well. Take 100% responsibility. All right, responsibility. I'm just going to abbreviate that. Take 100% responsibility for changing your, changing your brain, not blaming your brain. So change your brain, don't blame it. Change it, don't blame it. Remember that. Change your brain. Don't you have to accept 100% responsibility for this process, for this journey? If you don't, if you don't accept 100% responsibility, you're going to blame someone or something else for it. You're just going to say, oh, this is just the way I am. This is the way I was created. This is the way I was born. Or it's my brain's fault. Uh, it's biology. It's, uh, it's whatever. It's God's fault. It's whatever. Right? You're going to blame something else. And once you give away responsibility, you're also giving away control. When you give away control, then you become a victim. So then you're like, I can't control it. I'm in a conversation. This block comes on, this anticipation comes on, and there's nothing I can do. I had someone leave a comment on one of my videos said, this is crap. Michael Williams may be a great speaker, whatever, but he has nothing for stutters. This, this is, and then he says, because when you stutter, you lose control of your speech and often lose control of your thinking. Well, that may be true right now, but it doesn't have to be true. So when you have this limited view where it's out of my control, I simply can't control it. Well, a lot of the people that I work with, when they first come to me, they, they're not able initially to control pushing out. But guess what? They learn to not only control it, but to change it, to transform it into smoother speech. Okay. So <laughs> you have to take responsibility first and understand I'm responsible for changing my brain, right? It's your brain. It's neurological. It's something that's happening neurological. And through neuroplasticity, you can change the wiring of your brain. You can retrain your brain so that you can speak well, so that you can become one of the better speakers around. You can do this, but you have to. First, you have to take 100% responsibility. Now, what else must you do 
So now keep this in mind. Change, don't blame. Change your brain. Learn how to change your brain. The science is out there, guys. You can go research. Learn how to change your brain. Don't blame it. All right. Let's look at number four. So number four is practice speaking the way you want. Practice speaking the way you want. Now, this is important. Practice, practice speaking the way you want. So here's a couple of things that I want you to think about. And I'll try to maybe even give you some notes on this. When, if you want to stop stuttering, you want to move beyond stuttering, you have to ask yourself, how do I want to speak? What kind of a speaker do I want to be? If you don't know how you want to speak, it's going to be real hard to stop speaking this way because you don't, you don't have a vision of the direction that you're moving in. You're going to just keep doing what you've been doing because you don't have anything else to move towards. Does that make sense? If you don't know how you want to speak, you'll keep speaking the same way for the most part, right? So one way to determine, to figure out how you want to speak is ask yourself, how do I not want to speak? Well, I don't want to block on these words. I don't want to get stuck this way. I don't want to you know, stammer and knees. I don't want to. So just make a list of the ways you don't want to speak. Then ask yourself, what would be the opposite of this? What would be the positive side of this? So I have a list of things that I don't want to do. Now, what do I want to Well, I want to be able to speak uh, effortlessly. I want to be able to speak with ease. I don't want to think about speaking. I want to be able to say whatever I want to say. Right. So you make a, I want to be able to speak smoothly. I want to be able to speak so that people love to speak with me, to listen to me, right? To, to be in conversation with me. So you make a list of how you want to speak. What is it? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? Now we're going to get into a little bit more of the meat of this. The best way to figure out what it looks like, sounds like, it feels like is to copy someone who's already speaking that way. Now, here's the thing. Some people say, oh, well, modeling doesn't work. That's stupid. Uh, modeling doesn't work. And I'll give you another example on this where someone actually told one of my clients affirmations don't work, right? So someone says modeling doesn't work. Well, that person absolutely doesn't know what they're talking about. You want to know why? Because the way they learned their mother tongue, the way they learned to speak, was modeling. So modeling did work, and it continues to work on them, and they just don't know it. How did you and I learn our mother tongues? Some of you learned multiple languages growing up. How did you learn it? You didn't learn it in school because you didn't go to school when you first learned how to speak. You didn't learn it by reading because you didn't know how to read when you first learned how to You learned it by observing the people around you, watching them hearing them and mimicking them, them trying to copy them until you were able to do it. Then you maybe learn from school and learn from books or learn, right? So <laughs> practice speaking the way you want to speak. What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? What, is it, what would it look like to speak the way I want to speak? What, what would that feel like? What would that sound like? Well, the best way to answer those questions is simply to model someone that speaks that way. Copy 
them the way they speak. So here is what, and it's, it's very uncomplicated. Some people overcomplicate modeling. It's simply watching, listening to, studying, right? And then practicing, mimicking the way they want to speak. Now, here's the problem. People feel like this should be easy. It's to be easy. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be exhausting. It's going to be challenging. Right. Because when you're learning something new, that's that's how it feels. That's how your brain feels when it's trying to develop or build or strengthen new connections or strengthen old connections. Right. It feels frustrating. There's resistance there because it hasn't built the connection. The signal isn't traveling smoothly. So it feels and will resist it. And you're learning a new language. It feels the same way, which is why a lot of people don't. Okay, so if it feels challenging, feels frustrating, that means you're actually doing it correctly. So when you're modeling, if that's the way it feels, great. It won't feel like that forever. It will only feel like that until your brain builds the connections and starts to develop it as a habit. And I've seen that happen within a month's time. Right? If you are repeating it consistently, if you're doing it, every now and then, then of course, your brain is not able to build the connections because there's no consistency there. If you're only trying to do it, now listen to this, because I know some of you are watching, some of you who are watching struggle with this. If you're only trying to do it when you feel like you need it in high pressure situations, not going to work, right? Because when you're in a high pressure situation, you're going to revert to fight or flight. You're not going to be able to engage some new learning when you're in high pressure, you're going to need to practice it in no pressure, low pressure, and then high pressure. You're going to need to use it all the time. And yes, it's going to be frustrating. So here's something that uh, people will find is what's one of the reasons why people don't practice speaking the way they want, why they don't model. Often it comes down to peer pressure. When I say peer pressure, I mean uh, real peer pressure and anticipated peer pressure. People say, if I speak this new way around my family or friends who they know how I already, they're going to think it's weird or I'm being funny or I'm trying to be a certain way. It's going to to me. Well, yes, they might think that way, but so what? It's what you need to do. They will learn. They will adjust to your new way of speaking the same way they adjusted to your old way of speaking. They're going to adjust to your old way of speaking the same way they adjust to your new way of speaking. Okay, so what you're going to need to do then is just understand that you will need to break through and bust through this feeling of peer pressure. And someone may actually say something to you like, oh, why are you speaking that way? Right. And you just say, well, I'm working on my speech. They'll understand it. All right. So let's take a look at this final one here. This final one is make every conversation a practice opportunity.
make every conversation a practice opportunity. So you want to make every conversation that you have an opportunity to practice. So every time you open your mouth, it's practice time. Now, what this also means is that initially you're not going to be able to do that because it's a new habit. It's a new skill. You're going to have to start out. You're going to have to start out with one conversation or one presentation, whatever it is. And you start trying to use this new way of speaking just the same way you're learning a new language. You start trying to use that new language, right? This is like a, a new language. You try. You have to remind yourself to do it. When you do that, when you remind yourself to do it, you start with one and build up to all. Remind yourself to do it in one conversation and you continue to build until you're able to do two conversations, three, four, five, all throughout the day. And even in a conversation, you start with just the beginning. Let me just do this for the first minute. And you build out to two minutes or three minutes or four minutes. You have to be proactive. You have to get out there and create more practice opportunities. If not, you simply won't learn this new language. So never think that this is supposed to be easy because it's not. Don't think it's going to happen quickly because it won't, but it's relatively quickly. If you think three, four, five, six months, a year, and your whole life is different, then if you continue three, four, five, six months, and you're still struggling using this technique and that, this tactic, right? So what you want to be able to do is this process will help you transform your speaking identity. Why? Because when you set encouraging expectations, now you're not going to drop out and quit. You may feel like it, but you won't because you've already set the expectations. You're setting transformative goals. I want to become an excellent speaker, not just manage stuttering, right? So this is something that's really going to motivate you. You take responsibility. So now you're not blaming your brain or blaming something out. You're saying, nope, I'm not doing my practice. I'm not being consistent. And if I don't consistently practice this, my brain's not going to change. And if I really want to do this, right, then I will practice a little more consistently. Okay, so you take responsibility. You practice speaking the way you want. Okay, I want to speak smoother. What does smoother sound like? What does it look like? What does it feel like? How do I know that? Well, uh, let me find someone that speaks smoothly. Oh, here's a person. Let me try to copy the way they speak. Try to pretend as if I'm them when I'm speaking. Trust me, you can do this. Oh, wow, this is hard. Yes, it's supposed to be hard. That means you're actually making a change. Okay. So then you make every conversation. So now, okay, this is the way I'm supposed to speak. Let me go try to speak to this person. Let me go try to speak to my brother, my sister, my wife, my mom. Let me go try to speak in a meeting like this. And when I try to speak like this, I understand that it's going to be a struggle at first, just like I'm trying to speak this new language. And it's a struggle at first, but I don't just drop out and quit and revert back to my other language. No one's going to understand me. No, I keep trying. I keep creating opportunities. And eventually, voila, I'm speaking smoother. I'm speaking whatever the other language is. Does that make sense? So by following this, what you're going to find is that you will slowly begin to transform your identity, who you see yourself to be. These are the more granular steps that one needs to take so that they change who you see yourself to be, your belief, your self-concept. So what I want to do now, hopefully we can get him on here. I want to go ahead and invite Anthony in here. 
uh, give me a second here. Let's see if we can get Anthony in. So Anthony, I'm going to invite you in. And I know that we were having some trouble with your audio earlier, but let's see if we can get you in. I just wanted Anthony to share just for a few minutes his experience and, and his journey. We completed our coaching a month or two ago, and so he's still on the journey. But I want him to explain and to share a little bit about the importance of transforming your speaking identity as, a, as opposed to just using techniques. And then anything else that he may want to uh, want to share. So he'll be coming on in a minute. Does anyone have any questions for me? Um, if you have a question, you can ask your question in the question and answer area. There's a little link there. In the meantime, Myra is also going to be posting a link. There's going to be those of you who are going through this process on your own, uh, either going through a self-study or so forth. And there's a big difference. There's a big difference between someone doing this on their own, which you can do, and a person who's working with me privately. Now, try to do it on your own, but don't take too long because you will have wasted years just trying to say, okay, I can do this on my own. Maybe you can, but if after several months you're finding you're having ups and downs, you can't figure this out, you can't, oh, this doesn't work. No, it does work. You may just need someone to go with you on the journey. It's like going up a mountain. Go up a mountain. If you have a guide, it's going to make it easier for you. The guide's going to say, no, go this way. Step over here. And if you have a guide in a group, that makes it even better because the guide's been there. He's going up and down and taking other people up and down. It's going to accelerate your process. So if you want to accelerate your process and you're tired of the ups and downs, you're going to want to just schedule a meeting with me, a conversation. We'll look at where you are now. We'll look at where you want to be. And we'll talk about how we can get you there. Okay. There's no need to literally lose, continue to lose opportunities uh, when you don't have to, when three months, four or five, six months from now, things can be totally different. One of my clients, a guy named Jalal, let's just go back and check and see if Anthony's able to get in because he might not be able to get in here. Uh, let me know, Anthony, in the chat if you're not able to get in. Okay. I'm, I'll just check the, uh, check the, the chat here. Okay. So yeah. So let me um, see if you're not able to get on Anthony, that's okay. We'll, we'll get you on another time. Uh, all right. So those of you that want to uh, work with me personally, Myra's going to go ahead and post a link for you. Okay. And again, one of the reasons that you want to do that is because it, it can accelerate your process. So one of my clients um, is now going to be representing his country, his country and his company at the United Nations. He just told me this a week or two ago. This was a guy who I told you about before who stuttered so severely that he quit his job. He moved to a place where he could order his food. He had his family making phone calls for him. So someone says, oh, well, this doesn't work for people that stutter severely. This guy stuttered severely. And now he's gotten a job. 
He speaks so well that his company nominated him to represent them and his country at the United Nations. So you say, oh, well, this doesn't work for people that study that, that stutter or stammer mildly. Well, yes, I have plenty of clients who stutter mildly. You can barely even tell this works for them, too. But if you're trying to go through this on your own, you might not be able to figure out. You might not be able to customize and personalize because there's so much stuff involved in transforming your identity. You might be zooming in on something and saying, OK, I just need to focus on this when actually you might need to focus on this over here. I can help you do that. I can save you years of time and lots of money trying to figure it out on your own. OK. All right. So Myra shared with you that I'm also going to be sending you a link for those of you that haven't already joined to a free program, Seven Steps to Quickly Achieve Smooth, Calm, Confident Speech. There's a bonus program in there, my Mental Trainer Passive Learning Program. You also get, you get the video and you get the audio version. So this is something I'm giving to you because I'm going to give you some of my best stuff to help you work on your speech. But again, just remember, if you've been doing this on your own and you're in a position financially, you're going to be able to save yourself a lot of time um, working with me one-on-one. So any questions? Now, Mr. Abbas, so I see that you're here and you've been um, inviting people to a WhatsApp group. And while I don't mind people uh, coming in, I, what I don't want is for people to come in and use this particular uh, audience to build up their own audience uh, and do things like that. You can do whatever you want to do. I don't want you using my forum to do that. So I would appreciate that you stay focused on the activities here and not come into my webinars and advertise your own WhatsApp groups. Okay. I need to be very, very clear about that. So I'd rather that you, you come, you can come uh, and you can participate, but please don't come advertise your own groups here in this forum. Okay. I uh, hope that you can. Appreciate that. All right. So anyone else have any questions for me? Anyone else have any questions? So Sunil, uh, Mike, I fall back to old speaking habits frequently where to improve. All right. Very good. Fall back on old speaking habits frequently. So this is a part of the process, right? This is a part of the process where you're learning something new. You're creating a new habit. You're going to fall back to your own speaking habits. Now, here's something and if you're the person that I think you are, here's something that that I believe is going to help you. And lots of other people, everyone struggles with this from time to time. You're going to need. Oh, OK, there you are, Tony. Let's make sure that we can get your audio. In. You're going to need to make sure that you're using your new way of speaking all the time, even when you don't feel like you need it, because every time you speak is practice. Every time you speak is practice. So if you're not practicing when you don't feel like you need it, it simply isn't going to work when you need it. And I believe that's at the crux of your challenges that maybe you're not using it all the time, or maybe you're trying to use it and it's difficult, but it's supposed to be difficult, right? You have to kind of work through that. All right. So, Anthony, can we turn on your audio? Can you turn on your audio? Yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Uh, wonderful. OK. So, Anthony, let's just take 
a few more minutes. I'm, I'm glad that you were able to get in. Let's yeah. take a few moments and just share with the audience your thoughts about speaking identity as opposed to just techniques and tips. While they're important and they're helpful, but what do you see the differences and what's been your experience with that? Okay, sure. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Anthony. Uh, I come from, I'm from Kenya. I'm an artist. And um, I have a bit of experience with the pronoun today, as you can very well guess. I was a coach for Michael earlier on in the year. Um, I would say February till around, till around May, March, May, around that time. And when it comes to the this, this, this speaking identity and a smooth speaker's identity, I would say that for the most part, that was the thing that I struggled with primarily. Because before I joined the, the pronoun the coaching system, I was, I knew, I knew about the pronoun to be. However, I didn't, I didn't have a coach. So I was basically just working on things as I could piece them together from his YouTube channel and all of that. So I was indeed working on the techniques and the tips and the strategies and for the most part, they did work. They really did work. I could definitely see an improvement when it came to my overall speaking ability. However, I could definitely still feel that I was basically moving around in the dark. I was bumbling here and there. I didn't really know where I was going wrong. I didn't know what to fine tune. And I realized a coach would definitely help me especially if the coach, you know, is a professional, naturally. So eventually, I think, I think it took me a year until I finally joined the, the Pro90D coaching system. I was just in a, in a position where I couldn't afford the coaching before then. But what, what coaching helped me with was it was able to, number one, I was able to have guidance. So... I, I was able to learn and know where I was going wrong because that sometimes I'll be applying techniques here and there or I would think that I was applying them correctly. But then Michael Williams was able to correct me and say, actually, no, maybe just try and do this a little bit better like this or try and focus this here or you're not really doing that the way I'm teaching it. And therefore, I was able to learn and grow. So now coming back to the, to the mindset of the smooth speaker, if you keep relying on techniques, tips, tools, and strategies, even though they're able to help you, they will only help you in so much as you keep remembering to use them. So what that means is there'll be certain times, maybe you're under certain pressure, maybe you're trying to order food, or maybe you give, you're in a meeting and you're giving a presentation. And because of the pressure that's present there, you, know, you may forget to use the tips and the techniques that you've been learning. Therefore, you will default back to your old way of speaking. And the point of having now a smooth speaker's mindset to transform your mindset to that of the smooth speaker, what happens is in those situations, you'll be far more likely to remember to a model. Modeling is important because it helps you 
to use all of the tools, tips, and techniques that you've already been learning without having to think about them. So what that does is it makes it that much more natural. So changing your, your mindset and developing the new speaker's mind, just as um, we've heard today from Michael, is that it's not easy. And in fact, it very much is frustrating in the beginning to constantly remember to model, to constantly remember to affirm yourself. And another thing that's also important for your mindset as a speaker is self-talk. Mm. How you speak to yourself throughout the day. So that doesn't just mean affirmation of saying I'm a smooth speaker, I'm a great speaker, mm. but even saying things like, it's okay, I can relax. I've been practicing, I can do this. Everything is going to be okay. And just as uh, we've heard, it doesn't mean that um, we will not have any disfluencies. It's just that we'll have a completely different perspective on the disfluency. So therefore we'll be able to recover that much more quickly. And I think that's the most important thing because regular speakers, people who grew up without stuttering or stammering or what have you, um, they still do stammer and stutter. It's just that they do not see it that way. They do, that they don't hold the disfluencies as their identity. Mm -hmm. So that's precisely what the smooth speaker's mindset is supposed to endow you with. And um, I guess that will be mostly it about my experience with the Pro 90D my perspectives on the, uh, the smooth speaker's mindset and why that's important. There's another thing that uh, was mentioned by Michael earlier, which is true, and I experienced it. I'd gone for speech therapy before joining uh, Pro90D. And the speech therapist there, because I, I knew a little bit about the Pro90D approach, I asked the therapist, because she was talking to me about the techniques, pausing, extending, inflecting, all of these things. But then I'd asked her if we're going to be modeling, if we're going to pick somebody who speaks well and then mimic the way of speaking in order to transform our, our identity. That's how I phrased my question to her. And she said that she actually told me no. She said that no, that doesn't work. That doesn't work because you'll be, you're changing an aspect of yourself and you do not want to lose your identity which is also something I think Michael, you might have heard a lot from a lot of objections that are phrased mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that isn't true because your identity is still maintained. And just as Michael has said, um, modeling is just a way for us to learn a new habit, a new pattern, because just like, as you said, that's precisely how we started learning as we were children growing up. So that's when I knew that that therapist wasn't really going to take me or transform, help me transform my speaking style for the long term. I knew because I'd already practiced with the techniques that it was a short term fix. It was kind of like the band-aid approach instead of surgery, just like um, has been mentioned here by Michael. So um, that was now the driving force as to why I joined the program today. So I know that my thoughts might have been everywhere in this uh, feedback, but um, I hope everybody was able to, uh, to understand. But yeah, that is my general perspective. And I strongly, 
strongly encourage anybody who's considering the coaching, if you're in a position to, to do it, by all means do it because it's the number one thing that propelled me and catapulted my progress tenfold because I would have still done the techniques, I would have still practiced on my own without the coaching, but I would not be anywhere near where I'm at now. And where I'm at now, I can literally taste the freedom and that sensation that Michael is talking about where a, a thick, wet, heavy black blanket was lifted from him. I'm so, I, I can feel that. I can yeah. literally feel it. So thank you, Mr. Michael Williams. And that's all I have to say. Thank you, Tony. I really, really, really appreciate it. Now, this is something, Tony, I just asked Tony yesterday, I believe. I said, hey, Tony, uh, would you, and I'm going to have other people on as well. So not just Tony, I'm going to have other people. I said, hey, you know, would you like to join us and just share your thoughts? Um, and then we met for uh, like two minutes. It's more, this is not something that Tony has rehearsed or practiced, you know, for a long period of time. So he is demonstrating um, the freedom to speak extemporaneously using this modeling style which which will become his own style. It's becoming his own style now. I bet you he doesn't have to think about modeling either at all or most of the time. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, we can just ask you, Tony, how how often do you actually have to think about modeling now? Is it, is it all the time? Sometimes, what, you know. When interestingly, interestingly enough, I'll put it like this: um, It's not that I'm thinking about it less. In so much, it's very it's becoming very automatic for me to go into that mode. Yeah. So the amount of time that I consciously tell myself, remember to model, I would say it's very rare, like maybe once, twice a week. But the, the rest of the time I notice I'm doing it naturally. I just go into the modeling mode without thinking about it. And when you initially started, when you first started and we talked about modeling, how difficult was it for you to actually model in conversations, because a lot of people say, oh, modeling is great for presentations. It just doesn't work in conversations. This program is good for presentations. It's not good for conversations. So tell me just briefly, how difficult was it for you to actually engage this new style of speaking in your everyday conversations? I think it was probably the most difficult thing that I had to learn to do because I was really used to learning how to do the techniques but then applying or rather thinking about somebody else while I was trying to say something, I was so used to talk to thinking ahead, thinking about the words that I'm going to use. But like right now, as I'm speaking, I'm not really thinking about the words. I'm thinking about what I'm, what I'm trying to say, the message that I'm trying to, to, to tell. Yeah. Exactly. Now, um, when did you and I start? You said it was back when? Was it February? February? February. February. When did we finish? I would say March. February. March. Yeah. Okay. No, February, March. I think around April, May. April, May, because yeah, we, yeah. we went a little long. So, so let's call yeah. it May, May, June, July, August, September. About mm -hmm. five months after that, it's now becoming more automatic for you, right? Which yeah. lines up with the timeline of how long it takes for something like this to become automatic. You're looking at eight to nine months for it to become automatic, not eight to nine months for you to see results, just mm -hmm. eight to nine months for it to become automatic, right? Now, if we talk to Tony a year from now, he's going to tell you, 
he's not even thinking about modeling. He's not even thinking about it. It's just the way he speaks. It'll be who he is. And because he's having so many experiences speaking well, which doesn't mean his speech is perfect. It doesn't mean he doesn't have this one, but it means so many successful speaking experiences that is going to inform who he sees himself as, his identity, his self-concept. He's going to know for a fact, he's going to believe and know that he can handle whatever speaking situations he finds himself in because he's been handling it all along using this speaking style, which is now automatic. Right, right. Right? Excellent. So we're, we're a little over, you know, which is okay because... We have a wonderful guest here, but we're going to wrap up now. Um, Does anyone have any quick questions for Tony before we we wrap up? You can just you can throw those into the chat if you like. Uh, If you have a quick question for Tony, uh, go ahead and ask now. We'll just we'll take a couple more minutes. If anyone needs to leave, you can. But um, does anyone have any questions for Tony? Okay. Thanks, Maya. <laughs> Very okay. Jade. So Jade has a question. What was your mm-hmm. speech like before Pro 90D? What was your speech like before Pro 90D? Uh, okay. In fact, it's actually an interesting tale. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, my speech was when I was I grew well for as far back as I can remember. I've always uh, I used to stutter very very severely like i would really get locked up and i would really make faces and i used to bite my lower lip so it was very it was very prominent like you could definitely see it on my face when i was having any uh, any issues with my speech mm-hmm. but when i be- when i became a teenager 13 14 uh, it got a, a lot easier and i think that was because my mom used to have me read to her a lot so that, that really helped my fluency. But then I just recently graduated from college. But towards the end of uh, my, my, my last year, I was supposed to be doing presentations. And it started, I started regressing. I started going back to the way it used to be when I was a kid. So when I started having those very prominent uh, facial expressions, I would get stuck a lot more. In fact, I started getting stuck on words that I never used to get stuck on, right? So just before I came to the Pro 90D, I could barely even speak sentences fluently. I could barely trust myself to articulate my thoughts and to express myself. There was one time I was at a bank and I was opening, I was opening a bank account and the teller was, was asking me for my, my, I think for my contact details or some information. I don't remember what it was, but I literally couldn't get it out. I could not get it out. So I literally had to ask him for a piece of paper and pen so mm. I could write it down for him. Right? So maybe that should give you a bit of an overall um, view as to where or how my speech was before I joined Ronan today. Thank you, Tony. We have a couple more questions and we'll just we'll just keep going again. If anyone needs to jump off, um, you know, we will stop at a certain point here because I know it's later for you. But we have a couple more questions. One is from Sunil. It says, 
uh, how do you go into automatic mode? Then he kind of clarified a little. He says, what triggers you? What triggers you to get into that automatic mode that you and I um, talked about earlier? Uh, okay. Basically, when I start speaking, the number one thing I usually do is I start speaking slower. I start off slow, and that reminds me to extend more of my words and even begin reflecting more of my words. So the first trigger is usually starting off slow. Mm-hmm. And once I've started slow, I start using my hands a bit more slowly, just like this. Once, I, once I'm at that phase of using my hands, I really start thinking about my model, my career. So that's usually, but that's what I noticed would trigger it. So that's, how, that's what I started focusing more when I started speaking, like starting off very slow. So you might have something different that triggers you. Once you figure out what to do, always open with that. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very, very good. Pooja uh, says, it's tough to apply your modeling style yeah. outside your comfort zone. Uh, so what, what challenges have you faced there in applying it outside of your comfort zone? Ah, okay. Well... Actually, something really interesting, this right here is a little bit outside of my comfort zone because it was so impromptu. So it can be tough, especially initially, to apply the modeling style outside of the comfort zone. The challenges is mainly that you forget because you're so caught up with um, anticipating the worst that could happen. Mm-hmm. So the best counter to that that I realized was the self-talk telling myself that I can relax and that I can slow down and take my time and that all I need to do is think about my model, right? So that is precisely what I did just before I started speaking right now today. Very good, very good. Self-talk, reminding yourself in the moment, in the moment that this is what you can do. Okay, we have one more question from Micah. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you get over nervousness when you're doing a public speaking. So when you're public speaking, all of us, including me, probably including anyone, um, there's, there's going to be some degree of nervousness or anxiousness. And this is very, very normal for most people. I'm not going to say everyone experiences it. but So what, what advice can you give Micah for what to do when you feel nervous in a public speaking situation? Mm, I see. Typically, when we get nervous, at any point, our breath begins to get really shallow. We start, our breath is so short because we're, we're kind of in a fight or flight mode. So a really good way to calm down when you're in a nervous speaking situation or any other area where you might be feeling nervous is just remember to breathe and really take your time breathing. That will automatically calm you down. And when you begin to apply your self-talk of just relax, you're going to be fine and you're going to do well, your self-talk is going to be easily absorbed by your mind because you're already in the process of calming yourself down. Well, at least that's what helps with me. So hopefully that may help with you, Michael. Yeah. Let me just add a couple of things to that. One, which you've already said, starting slow. Sometimes you actually need to start super slow can help you feel more relaxed and more in control in public speaking. Seeing people do it. I do it. Breathing, just like you said, self-talk in the moment, 
just like you said. But the other thing is the practices that you do before that moment, right? Practicing mm-hmm. speaking like your model in low or no to low pressure speaking situations. Because if you just try to employ it in that high pressure situation, it may not work for you. So you have to start using it every day so that your brain becomes accustomed to it and you're able to engage it in that higher pressure speaking situation. Uh, One, one more question. This one should be pretty easy. Pratik says, um, whom to model? How do you choose a model? So not everyone will want to model me. That's okay. Uh, How do you choose a model? What would you say to that? Uh Pratik. Okay. Um, I actually have two of them, two people that I, I basically imitate when I, whenever I speak. But the, the criteria that I used to choose them was, one, I had to like the way they spoke. And then also, I had to be able to observe that they were also taking their time in speaking. They weren't in a rush because there's some people that you may like the way they speak, but maybe they speak way too fast. Mm-hmm. And that might not really help your transformation journey at all. So my advice should be to pick somebody whom you like the sound of their voice. It's very easy and pleasant to listen to, but who also takes their time when they speak. That will greatly help you with modeling. Perfect. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> okay. Great. Hey, guys, thank you so much uh, for being here today. And uh, I wanted to let the other gentleman know who was sharing about the the WhatsApp group. I wasn't trying to be rude, but we just want people to be focused on what we're doing now. So I wanted to be very, very uh, direct about about that. But but hopefully it wasn't rude to you. (laughs) And I do want to say that I appreciate uh, everyone who's here today and those who are watching this and for all the wonderful questions that you asked, Tony. Thank you so much, Tony, for being willing to have you, um, for being willing to be here. And we're going to have you back again because uh, I think that the way that you shared and, and what you shared was just absolutely fantastic and right on the mark. So I think everyone uh, really appreciates that as well. So thank you so much, Tony, and we will be seeing you again. Okay. So you guys are going to get some links uh, in your email as well. You're going to get a replay of this. You'll get a a link to schedule the book an assessment session with me, a conversation for those of you that are able, you're professional, you really want to move forward. You don't want to spend a whole bunch of time like years and years doing this on your own, as Tony said. And uh, you're also going to get a link to this free program. If you're not already in it, you want to take advantage of that. So thank you guys so much. And we'll see you the next time. Thank you.